Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. Glory, glory, Tottenham Hotspur. And the Spurs go marching on. Welcome to Hometown Glory. I'm Rosa, and I'm so thrilled to introduce a true club legend, Jenna Scalacci. Jenna joined Spurs at 16, spending 12 years in total at the club and making more than 200 appearances. She was captain as we rose through the leagues before winning promotion to the Women's Super League in 2019. She retired in June last year after leading us into an incredible new era that just wouldn't have been possible without her. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us today. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. Um, How have you been since retiring? You seem to be keeping quite busy. Yeah, I haven't been too bad. I've been, as you say, I've been very busy. I feel like I haven't really stopped, but um, it's always good to be busy, isn't it? Uh, (laughs) I'm now working full time at the club um, and then just started up my own coaching business. And I'm also doing a bit of commentary as well. So, yeah, it's all all going really well at the moment. Touch wood, it continues. (laughs) that, That is a lot. That is a lot. So what do you do for the club? Um, so I work with their academy team, which are the team that sit just below the first team. So they're like 16 to 20. So the potential stars of the future, like the best young talent in the country. Um, and then I coach the college under 19s team. So, yeah, it's a bit of both, but I'm really enjoying it. And it's nice to be around, you know, younger girls with that dream of being a professional footballer. So hopefully I can help them in any way I can. That's so exciting. Well, we might come back to that a little bit later and ask you if you've got sort of an eye on any like stars of the future. That'd be good to know about. Yeah. Um, what are you thinking about Spurs women right now? As like as I said earlier, it's an exciting new era for the team, really. Yeah, they're. Um, I mean, they've had a great start to the season so far. Um, they've really closed the gap on the on the top four. I think. With Rianne on board, the aim for this season was to close that gap and they've got off to a flying start. I think if you would have told them at the beginning of the season that they'd be sitting in fourth position, would have nicked points off of Arsenal and Man United, you know, we might not have believed it. But um, no, it's full credit to Rianne, the coaching staff and the players. They've they've done so, so well. They don't fear anyone anymore. I think the mentality shifted. I think the recruitment was excellent during the summer. Um, they've got experienced WSL players, international players. So, yeah, I mean, they've got off to a fly and hopefully it continues. Um, if they carry on like this, it could be in danger of qualifying for the Champions League. <laughs> this is it. This is what I'm hoping for. I feel like the North London derby was a real game changer the other week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was an incredible match. Just so unlucky to lose it right at the oh, end. Oh, I know. It had to be Maynamar, didn't it? But no, I mean they can be incredibly proud of that they're competing and, you know, they're really pushing those top teams to it for the whole 90 minutes. I think in past seasons, we weren't consistent over 90 minutes against the top teams. And, you know, once one goal went in, the floodgates opened. But this season, you're seeing a lot uh, stronger, resilient team who, you know, really putting up a fight with every match they're going into. This is it. They seem to me to be a real sort of strong tight squad really like they're like they're really willing to sort of fight till the end I feel like we got that from like in the, everything that like Rianne's been saying after the game and all the players as well just fighting for 90 minutes yeah absolutely and I think there's a real family feel and there always has been there at Tottenham I think um where we've got a lot of new players come in this season it, you wouldn't really have thought that 
they would have got off to such a good start because on the pitch they look like they've been playing with each other for for seasons. Um, but yeah, they're fighting for each other and and they believe in themselves and they believe in each other. I think our bench is stronger this season as well. So we have got players that can come off the bench and make a difference. And, and we've also seen that this season, which probably lacked in the past. Do you have a standout game then this season or do you think it was the North London derby? I think, yeah, it's got to be that. I mean, that's the closest in the history of the club that we've ever got. And to hold them at 92 minutes to one nil, And, you know, we could have, if that goal from Neville would have gone in that chance, oh, probably still seeing that when she goes to sleep. But had that gone in, you know, it could have been a different story. Um, they weren't sitting back. They were going for it. They, they don't fear these teams anymore. So, yeah, I think for me, at just being with the club for so long and seeing how far it's come, as a me as a fan, like that's the, the best performance I've seen from the team. Do you know what? I really felt quite emotional um, after that game, but also before this, I was rereading your bio and it feels like we are entering into this new era, but you've been such a massive part of that, Jenna, and like genuinely, it, like it wouldn't have been possible without players like you. And I felt, I did feel quite emotional. I've got two little girls and I really want <laughs> them to kind of grow up and like look at the Spurs players and think, you know, I can, I want to go there or, you know, they don't, they don't have to play, but I'd love them to enjoy it. And the players that are starting out now are going to be icons of the future. Yeah. And that's, that's such a big part, like you were such a big part of that. Yeah. I mean, I when I look back at it now, I didn't really realise when I was in it, but when I look back now and think where the club was 12 years ago or when I started off at 16, it's like a million miles away. You know, we had to, had to wear um, kit, that was handed down from the men's team, but it was like three seasons old. Uh, I had to pay to play, no training kit. There was there was one coach and a physio. That was it on cut-up pitches. We'd train late at night. So to think how far the club has come, um, it is down to a lot of hard work from people behind the scenes as well as like my old teammates that, that got the team there. But um, yeah, I mean... It, I think Tottenham is the only women's club to do what they've done, starting from the very bottom and 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 getting to the WSL with promotions alone. So it took a lot of sacrifice from a lot of people, but you know it's all worth it. And without the people of the past, yeah, you're right, it wouldn't be where it is today. But it's so exciting now, like where I'm working with the kids as well, um, just to see the opportunities, what they have. Uh, the support they have around them, which if you look back, even probably five, six years ago, we didn't have that. It was only in the last four years that we started to, you know, get that professional feel, but they have everything. You know, they turn up, they've got the kit. They don't know, they're born the kids. <laughs> <laughs> don't know, it's it. good. And it's really exciting time um, around the club. And I have no doubt that in five season time, they will be up there as one of the best teams in the country. That makes me so happy to hear it. That's what I think Spurs have timed it quite well as well, because it seems like this is the year that people are really, really starting to pay proper attention to the Women's Super League, especially with the TV deal and the fact that it's all it's on the BBC, it's on Sky. Yeah. And we can watch all the games as well. Yeah. And I think all the games that have been there, they've been really entertaining, like the Man United game as well. Come back in that last minute. Well, uh, Ria's free kick in the last 30 seconds I was it's the, the matches are competitive that, and that's what you want you don't want 
the you know the hammerings that used to take place the the gap is smaller i think that does make it more attractive to like neutral fans as well just tuning in Absolutely, absolutely. Um, although we will take the eleven uh, nil in the in the cup yes, the other night. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Not going to say no to that. <laughs> well, shall we dive into our Spurs seven then? Yes. These we think are our seven definitive questions for Spurs fans and players. So, and then later we'll have a few listener questions. So let's go. Your Spurs origin story. Now you are from a big Spurs family right so we need to know about that but also what's the story behind you signing for Spurs and how and when did you fall in love with the club yeah so as you mentioned my family are all Spurs mad so my my um, mum grew up in Woodgreen my nan lived in Woodgreen and uh, we're all just Tottenham mad I've got two brothers so an older brother so all I've ever known is Tottenham and playing football with my brothers in the garden Um, we've had season tickets since we were kids um, so I used to go down to White Lane every weekend. I used to absolutely love it, like the excitement, knowing it was match day. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's how I became obviously a Spurs fan. And then um, I, at the time when I was a kid, there wasn't any girls teams around. There was nothing. So I just had to go and watch my brothers and, you know, at halftime, get my dad on the pitch, take penalties with me and then get kicked off when they're starting again. So that was pretty much all that I could do at the time. and. My brothers would let me play like when they were training with them. Um, And then my dad, bless him, he set up a a girls team for me just locally to where I live at the local club. But it was basically just me and I had to rope in all my friends. So he's 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 a (laughs) cab driver. So he'd go and pick them all up, take them to training, do the session, drop them all home. Same on match days. He did everything. And it was also that I could play um, football. And that was for a couple of seasons. And then obviously when I used to go to Tottenham, I would read the programme back to front and I saw that they had a women's section. I mean, it was tiny. It was like three or four lines about the women's team. And um, I knew that I couldn't join there until I was 16. So that's what I had in my mind. Like as soon as I'm 16, I'm going to go there. And and I did as soon as I turned 16, my mum took me uh, to a training session uh, in the middle of, Tottenham it was like on this cut pitch it was like nine o'clock at night I was the youngest person there by about 15 years old but I absolutely loved it and I signed for them there and then um there wasn't much coaching like now when I look back compared to what it is now it you just turned up and played but I absolutely loved it I played in a Tottenham kit um so yeah that's how I got into it and I was there for a season uh, loved it, but then I got scouted to go to QPR, so I left, and then I came back when I was 23, and then I was there until I was 36. So <laughs> it's been an incredible journey, like from grassroots to semi-professional to professional. So yeah, it's a journey that I'm really proud of, and I look when I look back on it now, it does feel like a bit of a dream as a Spurs fan, and to say I got to captain the club to a professional level is incredible, really. It is amazing when I think about you talking about saying, okay, that's what I'm going to do when I'm 16 and I'm just going to show up to then getting your first professional, like real professional contract. How did that moment feel? Yeah. I mean, it gives me goosebumps when I think about it. It was incredible. And it was, it was a dream that I always had. I always remember I used to go down when I went to watch Tottenham. I'd always like wonder, oh, I wonder if I'll ever get to play on this pitch, but I knew it would never 
at the time it was never gonna ha- it was my dream but it weren't I couldn't see it so it was hard to believe that it would happen when it looked like we had potentially an opportunity to go professional it was all I could think about all I wanted and you know it took three or four seasons as hard graft but we were so close and I knew with my age it was it was now or never kind of thing so I just had to go and grab it and lucky for me it paid off and I got to live my dream and yeah it's incredible but yeah, I mean, it is incredible when you look back. <laughs> you led the team out, right, against Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. That's that was, huge. Yeah, that was that was a really proud day. It was I had all my family there and my, my nieces and nephews. Um, it, yeah, and I remember being in the tunnel um, and hearing all the fireworks go, go off. And that's when it like really hit home. And I had a little flashback and I was like, right, now I need to focus. But yeah, that was an incredible day. And uh, for the for me personally and, and also for the club and everyone that's played their part in the club to it was just a really special day as a fan as well it's sort of a two-part question really I guess so your all-time favorite Spurs player now obviously you can have one that you've watched but also someone that you've played with I'd like to I'd like to know the answers to both of those actually <laughs> My all-time favourite player is Ginola because he was, when he was at Tottenham, he was left mid, I was left mid. He used to take the set pieces. I used to take the set pieces. I just used to love watching him. And I felt every time he got on the ball in White Hart Lane, like the stadium used to just erupt. Like you knew something special was going to happen. He was just a really creative player and I loved watching him. I used to get to the ground early just to watch him practice his corners and stuff. Uh, So he was my favourite player growing up and and watching and my favorite player I've played with is a good friend of mine Josie Green she's uh, still still in the first team at the minute and she plays like a defensive midfielder role and as a defender she's just one of the strongest like she's like a little Jack Russell she just sniffs out any danger so she made my job a lot a lot easier and she's a player that I've played with for I think I played with her for about five, six seasons. So a, a really good friend. And yeah, so she's someone that I'd you'd always want on your team. You wouldn't want to play against her. She she looks small and, and pretty, but she's she's a little Jack Russell on the pitch. You wouldn't want to come up against her. <laughs> so sort of like your um like your Kante or somebody yeah, like that. Yeah. Someone who's just like, that's it. That's that's my guy. That's the yeah, one I yeah, need. Yeah. yeah. Makes your life so much easier. Yeah. Brilliant. <laughs> and Ginola as well. He's just, that's just oh. pure Spurs. Yeah. What a, what a ledge. I, I'm enjoying watching him on uh, I'm a Celebrity at the minute. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I totally forgot he was on that. <laughs> it's the only reason I'm watching. <laughs> of course, of course. And on the other side of things, and again, you can answer this like for both the men's and the women's, your favourite cult Spurs player. So we've had a lot of players on the men's team who um, maybe haven't been that great, but we defend them and we love them. And then as a player, maybe there's just someone that you feel is really underrated or just even someone who is quite sort of lazy at training, but then can just suddenly sort of turn it on when it comes to playing? Yeah, so I wouldn't say she was lazy, but she, for me, she's the most underrated player in the WSL. It's Ash Neville. Mm-hmm. That's my one from, from the ladies team. I think she, when you look at her stats, she's up there with the top players in, in the WSL. So for me, on the ladies' side, it's Ash Neville. I think she's such a good, like she's a modern-day 
fullback. She defensively is solid, but going forward, she also causes a lot of problems and also gets on the Spurs uh, on the goal sheet. So for me, I think it's Ashley Neville. I think she's only she's just getting started, really. So I think she's one to definitely look out for in the future. So when I was thinking about this one, I, I was thinking about more so the underrated side of it from the men's team and it was Moussa Dembele because I thought he he was just I mean what a player he a box-to-box midfielder you know he, he'd break up any danger in that midfield area the minute he had the ball at his feet it just looked like it was glued to him driving through the midfield and creative scored goals assisted goals uh, for me I think he's probably one of the most underrated players that have ever played for Tottenham and I think under Pot she really just shone I was gutted when he left. Jenna, absolutely the same. Do you know what's so funny? Because when we did our our original, um, when all of the podcasters had to answer their questions, he's my favourite player. And I think that the moment it all started to go wrong under Poch was the moment he left. Yeah. Why did he leave? I, I suppose he, he was just, <laughs> just a bit broken by the end, wasn't he, really? Yeah, you know, yeah. he was so strong, but at the same time, his body couldn't quite take yeah. it. I mean, I guess, like, you know what that's all about, right? Just kind of putting your body under that constant pressure day in, day out. Yeah. So I can count you as a den believer, can I? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I love it. <laughs> now on to the match day rituals. So yes. how would you and the team prepare for match days? Do you have any superstitions or anything you'd always have to eat? Um, on away days, we would play, not really superstitions, we would just chill out, play card games. Before the match, we had to have a Justin Bieber song being played. That was my only request. Just one song to get us get us going. <laughs> a, song, a song in particular or just any Justin Bieber? Any, any, any. There were some that they wouldn't let me play, but... And I wasn't fussy. <laughs> like my, I'm the captain. My dressing yeah. room, my rules. Just okay. one song. <laughs> um, so that was, yeah, in the changing room. And then for me, I always used to just, I was really funny about the food I'd eat before a match. So it was literally identical for the last 12 years. It would just be something really boring, like oats, berries, banana and peanut butter. But it's not very exciting, is it? But that's, if I didn't have that, it would throw me off. Yeah, something in my head <laughs> I'd have to have it another thing that I did earlier on in my career I used to have like these lucky I don't know if they were that lucky but there were a pair of socks that I had to wear under my football socks and I had them for years though I mean by the end of it they were horrible um, and I, ha- I had to throw them in the bin in the end the socks and the oats for me <laughs> okay socks and oats that's quite, that's quite good did you yeah when did you finally have to throw the socks away oh I I think I might have even lost one or I had holes in it and then they had to go, but then nothing changed really. So it was all in my head. (laughs) Did any of those rituals like change as, especially as you guys kind of, you got promoted and then you won trophies and then you were in the Women's Super League. So did anything sort of shift in in your kind of mindset? Because um, it's such a massive change, yeah, I still can't really get over it. <laughs> yeah, like obviously, you know, you you do like the things like the socks and putting a certain boot on first. Earlier on in my career, it used to really like mess, not mess with me, but it put me a bit bit off. But I guess as you go higher up the leagues, you realise that it's not really. It's all. It's just all a bit of a farce. But now I think you know as we got more success when the games become more serious. The focus before match days was a lot more 
you know, it was serious. We weren't there to have a laugh with our friends. Like when you look back 10 years ago, we'd turn up, people would arrive whenever they wanted. Some would arrive just before kickoff, not even warm up. So, yeah, when you look at the the preparation and, you know, if you don't prepare properly, then you're not going to be successful and that became very clear early on to me. I think it was the season before we did the quadruple, we used to have a thing called the Sunday fun day. So we would go play our match and then we'd all go to the local pub and have uh, a meal together and and some drinks. And And it got really popular and we did it every week without fail. And then the beginning of the next season, Karen and Juan said to us, Sunday fun day is not happening anymore. And we were like, what? We have to. Anyway, we stopped it and then we won the quadruple, got promotion and became professional footballers. So they knew best then. This is a question I was going to ask you um, later on, but I'm going to ask it now because I feel like um, them banning Sunday fun day is a bit like Conte banning ketchup. (laughs) Charlie spoke to Michael Dawson last night and I think he said that he just would have just carried on eating ketchup anyway, (laughs) like a rebel. But what would you you do? I think I wouldn't have it at the training ground, but I'd have to have a bottle at home. I have to have ketchup with everything. Um, but yeah, I un- I understand like the, the changes though, because like small little changes can make a big difference, especially nutrition wise. But yeah, I don't think I can survive without ketchup. You've yeah. got to have a joy. You've got to have joy in your life. Yeah. You've got to have those little treats, haven't you? Absolutely. But I guess this is it. And this must be something that you've really experienced as well. The kind of higher up the leagues you go and the more and more professional it got, just those more and more of those tweaks, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think I changed quite a bit, um, but there were small, minor things. That, and I think that's why I had a career for so long that I did, really, because there's not many 36-year-olds that are still playing in the women's game. But it was things like getting rest, eating well, putting the right things in your body, recovery as well. So, yeah, those three things for me, I tell them to the girls now at the moment, like, that I'm coaching with they just want to play football all day long but you know rest is just as important as actually playing and what you put in your body can like improve your performance as well so yeah the minute I took that all a lot seriously I saw that my performance is improved as well so yeah lots of small little details that do do improve your performance now you spoke about um winning the quadruple. So I don't know if this is going to be part of your answer, but your all-time favorite Spurs shirt and do you have a specific match or a memory attached to that shirt? Yes, it is that one. <laughs> I think it was the 2016-17 Under Armour shirt. Uh, it's actually on my wall now. Um <laughs> yeah, that definitely. Um when I look back cuz we had so many like photos of it yeah it's always in that shirt and that was just a really it was an amazing year that year and we we also got to play at White Hart Lane just before it got knocked down and that's where we won won the league there to go into the WSL too so yeah that shirt just makes me smile whenever I see it really that's a that's a perfect perfect memory isn't it yeah definitely especially we played against West Ham there so it's always nice to beat West Ham but we (gasps) then got to lift the trophy there it was incredible. And all our friends and family, it was a midweek match as well. So, yeah, it was all just, it, we were never actually meant to win the league there. It just worked out that the results from the weekend before fell into our favour. So it wasn't till the Monday where we got a message saying, if we win, 
we, we won the league. So it all fell into place. And then there was a lot of Spurs play, uh, fans on the team at the time. So, yeah, you, you couldn't make it up, really. How did you feel, like, leading the team out that day, knowing that, like, if you won, that, that you would have won the league? Yeah, it was incredible. Because, well, at the time, we were, I think we were, I don't think we were semi pro but I think we were training like three nights we were training a lot more than anyone else because we knew that we had to 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 win that league but we had to go to work in the morning um so we had like teachers (laughs) paramedics and like we're all just buzzing you wanting wanting to get to the to the stadium and yeah it was incredible and I remember because I used to sit in Paxton Road so I remember as I walked out I looked over and I remember thinking oh of me thinking I wonder if I'm gonna ever get to play there so yeah it was incredible again I mean I've been really fortunate that I've had so many good times and and experiences because I'm a Spurs fan as well so it just makes them all that sweeter (laughs) it really it really does mean more doesn't it yeah so now we come to the two really big questions, I think. Um, your Spurs heaven, first of all. Like we said, it doesn't have to be a specific game or a certain period. A player that um, plays alongside you, something to do with the manager, whatever. What's your Spurs heaven? My Spurs heaven, and I'm sure, I imagine you've probably heard this before. It's got to be the second half of the Ajax match, Champions League. <laughs> Sorry if it's a repeat, but I just I've never seen a 45 minutes of football like it. It was incredible. And my brother was actually at the game and he'd left at half time. And he he left and he is like a proper fan, but he was so angry that he left and then he missed the best 45 minutes of football. He's never lived it down. I thought I thought I'd done some shameful stuff as a Spurs <laughs> fan, but that like beats everything. That's Couldn't look him in the eye for a while, and he was beating himself up for a good year about that because he would have had the night of his life in there. But yeah, for me, that's... he was actually there. Yeah, he was there. He was Incredible. so angry. And my brother's the most calm person you'll ever meet. So he must have been really, really annoyed with the first half performance. <laughs> I mean, it was shocking. It was. But what a turnaround. Yeah, that and the celebration. I remember I just got in from training and I was icing my hamstring. So I was on the sofa and then the go- and every time the goal went in, I was like jumping up and my hamstring was pinging. And- so is it Lucas Mora's fault that you had to retire because of your hamstring? Basically, <laughs> Basically yeah. <laughs> we'll make him pay for that later. <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty high up on most Spurs fan lists, yeah. really. Do you have one from your playing days? Oh, I've got so many. I'll just sit here and bore you. <laughs> Honestly, this is like, I want to hear it all. I want to oh, hear it okay. all. Okay. I'd say the, uh, obviously winning the league at White Hart Lane is up there. Um, another one would be leading the team out for our first professional match at Stamford Bridge. And at the time it was, there was 35,000 people there, which was the record at the time. And then playing at White Hart Lane against Arsenal and that, time there was 45,000 people there and that still is the record for the WSL so I think just like looking around and seeing being in a spur shirt and seeing all the, the young girls in the crowd like I mean if I was their age and and I had the opportunity to do that like you can't even like imagine what that would do for you so that's that's also a great memory for me but um yeah I mean there's been so many I've just been really blessed another one was probably when we we had Aston Villa to, to win promotion to the WSL. It was a midweek match. We just needed one point and God, actually that might be my hell because it was the longest Ooh, match okay. 
Yeah, I'll save that for my hell. Okay. <laughs> that was heaven and hell. It was hell, then it was heaven. That's a very Spurs answer, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> well, should we go into it then? Do Let's you want to talk about the hell? Let's do it. So we just needed one point to win promotion. But we had Dur- we had another game to play. So it was Durham at the weekend. And Durham were a bit of a bogey team for us. So we wanted to get the job done against Aston Villa. So if we'd won the point, then we'd, we'd be through. Um, we scored early on. Jess Naz scored, I think it was in 10 minutes. And literally for the rest of the game, I think it was the nerves, like the excitement. The, everyone was just really not playing how we normally play like making stupid mistakes. I think the the occasion just got the better of us. We were literally hanging on to this 1-0 lead. And there was, I think the ref said there was like a minute left on the clock. And they, oh my God, the goal mouth scrambles. They hit the bar. Ash cleared off the line. Chloe had to make a superb save. And it was like the ball was just pinging. It could have gone anywhere. Thank, Thank God it never went in. And then the ref blew his whistle and then we'd turn from like like you say hell <laughs> nearly messing it up to winning the league and getting promotion and it was one of the best nights of our lives <laughs> so yeah that that's that yeah that I remember being on that pitch and just wishing the clock to go down but it looked like it stood still what do you do in those situations because obviously I've only experienced that as a fan I'm like I, d- I don't know where to look I, d- I can't look at the pitch anymore <laughs> I, you know if I'm watching at home I'll just walk out of the room like I'm a proper coward but you're, you're on the pitch and what, what do you do? I think like um, as one of the senior players you've got to always got to you know keep the other girls up and, and going and, and staying together and we were defending for our lives um, and you could tell how much it meant so I think that helped any other game we might not have defended like our whole world's on it but I think you know you, you've got to ride out those storms uh, and there are stages during the match where you are under a lot of pressure and you've just got to stay strong and stay together and but that was a long old storm that match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel I feel quite stressed hearing about it. <laughs> I tried to forget about it, but you brought it up asking about hell, so <laughs> I'm so sorry. It had to be done. Your Spurs, you know, it's it's always one or the other, and as you say, sometimes both. Okay, so final question: Where are you with Spurs right now? Right, both now. teams. Uh, optimistic, negative, somewhere in between. What are you feeling? I think we'll start with the women. I think for them, I'm feeling really optimistic. I think we've got a good run up now into Christmas. Um, um, you know, the January window, maybe some new players come in. I think I think the team's nearly there. I think we still need that out-and-out goal scorer, um, which we've missed. We've never really had. Um, I love what Rachel Williams is doing up top, though. Like she is a fantastic player. So for me, with the women, I think it, it's it's all positive. I think they've started off strongly, and now it's just carrying on and building on that. Um, hopefully, the injuries keep them to a minimum because I think a few players now are picking up some knocks. But that's when the depth from the bench will come into play. So yeah, with the women, I, I I'm really optimistic and excited for the rest of the season and I think for the men as well I think you know with Conte on board now he's a winner his enthusiasm like you can see it on the side of the pitch the small changes that he's making I think the players seem to be reacting well to him um 
So yeah, I'm going to be optimistic with the men's as well. I'm I'm a positive person, so I think it, it is a building process. We're still in that phase, but I think and Conti is could be the man to you know set 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 the team alight and get them back on track for the women's. Then do you and we we do need a strike I think like you are right about that and like I've heard that as well do you have an eye on anybody if you got a sort of recommendation you think someone who could come in and do a job given that we're not gonna you know get me Demar to like walk out on Arsenal (laughs) (laughs) there was a player who um was free during the summer I'd have thought would have fit in really well Ebony Salmon she was from Bristol um she's just an out and out prolific goal scorer she's got pace Nine times out of ten, if she has a chance, she she buries it. Um, played against her a lot of times, and she's still very young, but she got snapped up by a team in the USA. Um, but I thought she would have been fantastic. Yeah, Maidemar's not going to cross the North London divide, is she? <laughs> she's not going anywhere. You know, Rianne and, and the club, they've got a, a strong plan in place, and we're starting to see the rewards. So I imagine they'll have their eye on people. Um, so I tr- I'll trust in them. <laughs> I do too. I I think it it's just all looking so good, really. We've done our Spurs 7. Thank you so much. No worries. Like, honestly, there, I had like a million follow-up questions, but I would otherwise I'd just be keeping you here all day. <laughs> so let's go with some listener questions, I think. We've got a question from Tim at Sock Formation who says, is there anything Spurs can do structurally, do you think, that can help take the women's team to the same level as Chelsea? etc they say uh i refuse to acknowledge arsenal being at this level <laughs> so we'll just leave them out of it or is it just a matter of keep doing what they're doing investing and recruiting well yeah i think you know obviously the girls are at the training center have been there for a couple of years now and that has benefited the team you know when you're training in those world-class facilities you can't help but be motivated. You know, all you've got to do is turn up. Everything is there. There's not really that many excuses. So I think in that sense, it's great that the club have got the women's team in there and 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 they have access to that. I think in terms of attracting players, I think that will go a long way because there's not many clubs that have them kind of facilities. I think Brighton are probably the only other ladies team that train within their men's um, setup. So, I think the club have been great. I think the women's game, all the men's club could do better. But, you know, I think that will come with time and and the more success that the team have, I think the more support they will get. In terms of Tottenham, I don't think at the minute we're ever going to compete money-wise with the Chelsea and Arsenal. But that's not to say in five five years they won't. I do believe, as I've said before, they have a plan in place. And at the minute, considering the gap in the teams, the cost of the teams, they're doing, they're, they're punching above their weight in terms of money spent on players. So I think at the minute it's working for them. But yeah, if they're going to go to the next level, they need a lot more investment, which I think they will get with the more success. Absolutely. This is a question from Charlie, also of Hometown Glory, but this is something that I'm really keen to see. And he says, can you see a day where Spurs women will play all their matches at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? I'd love, I'd love to see that. I think realistically, at the minute with the women's game after COVID, the crowds are the the number of crowds at games has has declined a bit, and I think that's got to do with the fact that it's so accessible on TV at the minute. You could just put on the TV and watch it rather than going out on a cold day. So I think for the women's game, it's about 
filling out their home ground. So filling out the hive now before you try and take it somewhere like the Tottenham Stadium every, every game. Um, it's, it's great that they get to play there on international weekends. I think that should continue. So whenever the, you know, whenever the, the men aren't around, I think that should definitely continue and grow because it opens up the game to, to other people that make, you know, you might just have people coming to watch, look at the stadium, but then they get to watch the match as well. And then, you know, you've got new fans there. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think I'd like to see them play there more. I, I don't think at the moment it's the right time just for the women's game. You know, it's all good being there, but half empty stadiums is, you know, it's, it's, it's not the best look. Um, so, yeah, for me, I just think getting the crowds back up to the numbers that were coming to visit before COVID times. And, and that's the challenge for the WSL at the moment. And, and I think that will come with more support from men's media channels, players, you know, promoting it. Um, I know the girls use their social media channels to plug it really well. You know, it's really important, Instagram and Twitter for the women's game. Uh, but, you know, the, the men, the men's team, the men's player have bigger reach. So could rely on them uh, just posting a little bit more. So, yeah, I think in, in time, I'd love to see it. I, I'd hope if you fast forward 10 years, um, it's exciting to think where the, the, the game will be at at that time so yeah I hope sometimes it well in the near future but I don't think it's realistic for right now I'd love to see it so much and I at least I at least want to see the really big games yeah yeah I think at the stadium definitely. I think the derbies would be great That's it. yeah because you get that atmosphere both sets of fans um you get that more football feel uh, but and the it, women's game's so different anyway isn't it like if you go down to the hive fans are sat sat amongst each other and it's nice in that respect it is but at the same time we do we also want the like the big rivalry now don't we (laughs) (laughs) there always is at the Tottenham Man United women one I think it's because we um were both come up together so we were both in the championship and there was that rivalry from there Mm. and I remember they came down to Cheshunt which is where we used to play and they were so loud, their fans. And then our fans got, it was like a proper, proper football match. And that's stuck ever since. So yeah, that'd be a good one to see there. I'd love to see that. I mean, I've got a sort of, yeah, like a natural hatred for Manchester United <laughs> anyway. So when I was watching the game the other week, I was like, come on, let's just do them, please. <laughs> All right. Another question from Faithful Freddy. Which player would you have loved Spurs to have signed while you were playing? And if they could sign anyone in the world now, who would you love to see in the shirt? Um, I, I mean, I've got to say, I know she's an Arsenal player, but she is the greatest. It's got to be Miedema. Um, And I've had to play against her quite a few times. And, and she's just, she has everything. You know, I think if you put her in a men's squad, I reckon she would do bits for them. Like she is an incredible football player. She's at the top of her game um, and she could solve that, that goal scoring issue that we have. She'd be the perfect fit, but I just, just don't think it, it's never going to happen. So, <laughs> but you know, if we could dream, that's, that's a player I'd like, to, I would love to see in the team now and I would have loved to play with. Yeah, she gives me that proper fear, which is such a big compliment. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like watching her going, oh no, what's she going to do? Yeah, come on, Viv. Don't you want a challenge? Yeah. <laughs> the thing with her as well, she could disappear, like not do anything for 88 minutes and then she'll just score a hat-trick with three, you know, with two minutes to go. So I think that's a sign of a really good player. 
you'll think you've done a number on her and then all of a sudden uh, yeah. there yeah. she is yeah yeah <laughs> uh sammy parker um who's been our best signing this season do you think um, I really love Clemeron in centre mid. I think she's an, um, made a real difference. She, yeah, her engine on, on her for 90 minutes, she's so consistent and she's every game that she's played in, she's been one of the best players on the team, I think. She's just breaks up the play. She's really creative. She's an absolute warrior. Again, a bit like Josie. I think she's just um, a brick wall. She protects the back line as well. And I think, you know, a lot of success has come from our, our in our midfield. I think a couple of seasons before, our midfield kind of got a bit bypassed, was a bit weak, but she's really shored up that midfield area. And yeah, I, I've been really pleased with her. That's brilliant. So do you feel like like Rianne and the team kind of identified that as yeah, definitely. a weakness think, really? And Yeah, I think Kennedy was did a good job of it last season, but obviously she, she went to Man City. So it was really important that they, um, they got you know, a replacement. And I think for me, I, I, I prefer her in there. She is, It's just a lot more aggressive and she doesn't give players time on the ball to get the head up like she's on them. So yeah, for me, I, um, yeah, I think she's a great signing. Would you ever like to manage the team in the future? That's a question from Philippa Kipling. Philippa, I know Philippa. Oh, no. <laughs> Does she know the answer to this already? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I mean, if you'd have asked me this a while ago, I'd have said yes. But now I'm currently got doing the college team, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> um, so at the minute, I'm just learning my trade. Um, but who knows? I think, you know, being the manager of Tottenham, women, it's, it's, it's a great number, isn't it? So I wouldn't say no, but at the minute, I'm just learning my trade. And yeah, so it's a lot to learn. <laughs> Yeah, such a change, I guess. Yeah. I mean, doesn't obvious thing to say, but... <laughs> yeah, it is. And you see, you kind of take for granted, like, the, the work that does go on. Like, as a player, you just turn up and then you're the first to moan if something isn't right. But when actually behind the scenes, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. So, yeah, it's, it's completely different. But I'm enjoying seeing it from the other side of the game. So I've got both. What's your favourite thing about it so far, do you think? I think, like, obviously when you, you you have a good week of training and then you get the, the free points and, and the players are, you know, putting into place what you've been teaching them, I think that's great. But I've really enjoyed just not getting to know the players on, like, a personal level and just helping them in any way I can. I think that for me and has, and seeing them grow from when they started in September to, you know, not been really shy and, and now you can't shut them up and they're confident I, I I've enjoyed like seeing them grow as people as well so and finally from Billy T who is also hometown glory um what advice would you give to the girls football team at my school who've just started playing for the first time this year oh. so Billy's a primary school teacher ah oh, I love it um I would say just first and foremost just make sure they enjoy it I think if you don't enjoy it it's you know, you're not going to get the best out of yourself. So enjoy it. I'd say um, give it give it your best every time you turn up for training or a match. There will be tough times, I think, with any sport, but it's about how you react, not to beat yourself up too much. I think one of the best things I learned when I was playing was um, you'll do probably 90% of the things right, but you'll only remember the 10% that you've done wrong. So my coach said, think about all the good things that you've done. 
because it outweighs the bad things. But as humans, we always think of the, the bad things. So that was a good tip that I had that I'd like to pass on. And just to give the best account of yourself um, on and off the football pitch for me. So yeah, have fun and be a good person. And how early is too early for me to get my kids playing? <laughs> my daughters are uh, nearly five and two. Ah, oh, never too <laughs> early. <laughs> never too early. I think I started, yeah, I mean, I started young, very young. And now there's so many opportunities from a young, young age. I would, I mean, I might be biased, but I'd say it's never too early. <laughs> good, good answer. That's what I wanted to hear. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it for our questions. Thank you so much for answering them all. So um, I think we're just going to wrap up now with your cultural pick. So I've been hooked on this series all through lockdown and they've just dropped some more. It's called Below Deck. (laughs) Have you heard of it? I don't think I have actually. What's it on? So it's on E4. It's on Netflix um, and it's on Prime. And it's basically like super yachts. But it follows the staff on the super yachts and the guests that come on. It is just really addictive. And, you know, you see the the staff working hard all week and then they have a night out and they just ruin everything. Like they hate, they end up getting really, really drunk. (laughs) But it's so good. It's brilliant. I recommend it behind the scenes stuff yeah yeah yeah, I like it it. yeah that sounds like it could be completely addictive yeah it is I mean yeah it is I've been watching it for about a year and a half now they just that's the thing that got you through lockdown yeah that 100 (laughs) percent below deck all right that is one last question um who is your star for the future looking at our team or somebody coming through the ranks through the ranks so star for the future, I would say in the academy, there's a she actually played in the Watford game, her debut, and she scored. Her name's Izzy Lane. She's Izzy Lane. 16 or 17. She's um, yeah, she's doing so well at academy level, um, first team. I think Rianne likes her. She's obviously played in the Watford game. And I mean, what a debut comes on and scores 11 0 win. So yeah. Brilliant. And it's it's just so nice to see like a younger player coming out and, you know, achieving their dream. But the hard work is only starting now. But, you know, what a story for her at such a young age. So, yeah, I'd say Izzy Lane. OK, brilliant. Right. I'm going to going to keep an eye out for her. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jenna. That was amazing. That was so interesting. No like, Thank you just so much for taking the time to talk to us today. We really, really, really appreciate it. That's all right. Thank you for having me. Thank you.